What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Privateer Station, and this morning we'll bring you day 459 of Russian invasion into Ukraine. As always, with former advisor to the office of the President of Ukraine, Lieutenant Colonel Alex Aristovich, and Russian opposition politician, lawyer, and blogger Mark Fagan. Our thanks go to our members for continuous support. Today, we mentioned Darren Matthews and Vadim Cherdak, and of course, Bill, the Super Thanks champion. Thank you for continuous support of our work. And with that, day 459. Enjoy. Dear friends, glad to see you all on Fagan Live. It is Sunday. May 28th, time is 11 p.m. in Kiev, same time in Moscow, and we're starting our usual stream with Alex Aristovich, day 459. Glad to finally see you after a few days away. We also apologize that uh, we had to move the stream and we launch it today later than planned circumstances. Um, however, we have already 45,000 starting with us at the beginning of the show and uh, you can make sure more people join if you continue sharing links in your social media sharing it with your friends so despite the late hour more people can come watch this and uh, please continue clicking the like button we already have about 30,000 clicks so uh, do not forget to do that and uh, do not forget to subscribe to Fagin Live to Alexey Rostovich and to the Privateer Station if you are listening or watching that in English all right, let's start. You have seen the elections in Turkey are done with. Generally, that could be forecasted. It's rather predictable when the numbers are pretty close and it is the active leader who is in power, who is running, and one of the candidates also gave his 5% to Erdogan. So. I think that was uh, foreseeable, but I would still ask you, what do you think in connections with everything that was happening during these elections and Erdogan's competitor was uh, stating that he is definitely pro-American centric, pro-Western politics and even accused Moscow of interfering with elections and was generally pro-Western candidate and he could not overcome the existing president Erdogan. So, does it matter that Erdogan would might want to move towards Moscow? No, no. Uh, Erdogan would move only towards Erdogan. He will not move towards Moscow. He is playing 
for Turkey because uh, it's kind of an old Byzantine politics inherited by Turkey because they are Black Sea, Caucasus, uh, Mediterranean and all kinds of other countries in, a, in one basket. So Byzantine was doing that similar logic and Turkey is a proper uh, follower of that politics style. So they will probably exploit Moscow to a degree that it is uh, beneficial to them. If it will stop being beneficial, they might even shoot down a Moscow jet or something if it flies over their territory. What I wanted to say in that connection is that a government leader has probably four options. Play for himself, play for him, his own country, how he sees it, play for his party, and he can also play for above national interests. And some talented politicians manage to mix uh, several of these goals together. And above national interests level is uh, often hard to understand for the majority of the voters. But uh, their own interests are definitely closer to the body of the uh, and, and spirit of the voter. So, and then when the politician takes that on the banner, then we have uh, politicians like Hungary has, like Orban and like Erdogan in Turkey. But uh, again, Erdogan is definitely several heads higher than Orban, but, uh, and also he's playing more for his own people and his own country. But um, that's part of that populist phenomena. And, you know, as a result of that, Swedish uh, membership in NATO is under big question. American-Turkey relations probably going to stay the same. Reforming uh, Middle East towards more, uh, leading to be more um, uh, pro-American is probably under big question. But, uh, in essence, predictability is going to be present because uh, Turkey will continue likely doing the same politics as they were doing. And Turkey's continuous development as a regional superpower with, with uh, very well outlined interests that it is pursuing without really taking care about uh, or caring much about any other interests in the region outside their own. And we understand that Turkey, we can work with that Turkey. Uh, we may not exactly like their relations with Moscow. But uh, regardless, they are still a partner. All right, so we're starting a poll today. And the question is Erdogan's victory on the presidential elections in Turkey will help Ukraine. 15% will not help Ukraine. 20% and will have no influence. 69%. Several thousands already voted. This is uh, not a scientific poll, but still it's curious to see what does our audience think. Even if, uh, even if it will have no uh, connection with uh, or no effect on the real politics, it's still curious for us. It's an interesting uh, option to see the opinion, to test the temperature in the room, so to say. And Another piece of news that I wanted to bring up is, have you seen uh, Taliban starting military activity against Iran? How does that look for 
the war in Ukraine. Because Taliban is basically fighting with Iran. Frankly, it's a long story there with a, kind of a, a hate story between Shia and Sunni. And for now, it's a, some border issues on the border with Iran and Afghanistan. But it still will probably distract some of their efforts and some of their drones to that part of the world and not uh, to sell them to Russia to be used in Ukraine. And by the way, Zelensky also suggested to impose a 50-year relations freeze with Iran and he proposed that to Ukraine Congress. Um, I'm skeptical here, Mark. I don't think there'll be any scary war between Iran and Taliban. It's probably more of a problem with water and a poorly marked border. I'm not expecting anything to really become of uh, much importance in that area. Uh, again, we cannot exclude a miracle, but short of miracle, probably nothing will grow out of it. And for a big war, you need uh, a serious aggregation of resources. You need serious effort. And neither side was noticed doing that. And even if there will be a conflict uh, slowly burning there, it will still take time for both sides to aggregate enough resources and to state proper uh, goals like occupation of certain resources and regions. And nobody is concentrating much resources in the area at the moment. Military actions is not a war yet, you know. It's uh, Mahmoud is shooting uh, what's the popular name in Iran. <laughs> okay. So, and this is this is not war when these two guys are shooting each other. War is has a time frame with a very set goals in a, and also it's a mass activity. And uh, it started with war. Well, yeah, with water. Water, yeah, water is uh, an important resource, but I do not see a potential there for big war. Maybe borderline incident, similar like Kyrgyz and Kazakhstan sometimes uh, shoot at each other for water and for some conflicts on the border. And uh, do you think any side can uh, invest a little more resource to uh, convince one of the sides to continue fighting? Um, frankly, I think in that region it would be China who could be defining politics and China is very friendly towards Iran and also they have enough influence uh, with Taliban. And when there was a visit of five uh, heads of Central Asian countries, uh, they actually had Afghanistan on the agenda. So I think generally they will figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not too optimistic about anything continuing there to play a role in uh, Ukrainian war. As for 50 years, I was surprised. Um, that's a harsh measure. Um, but that can be cancelled, right? Right, that's true. But still, the approach itself is uh, rather rough. But uh, we have what we have. I think Zelensky, sorry for interrupting you, I think Zelensky reacted like that because there were other problems last year. And there were perspectives of Iran getting hit by some other countries 
in uh, relation to their activity. Anyway, so this perspective is not present now. Iran is definitely not in any danger with all that. It's kind of pushed away. Um, but Zelensky is probably replacing that action against Iran with uh, his statement, with the statement that Iran is violating United Nations charter and violating international law. Right, okay, so as a public step it's a very strong one and of course often Ukrainian steps become the ones that the West takes and I think that of course our trade with Iran is probably very minimal so I don't think will affect neither ourselves nor Iran but the West has very specific relations with Iran and the need to control their nuclear program is a very long story. I was uh, still a lieutenant when they started it, when it was already being discussed. It was the end of the 90s, but even then it was already on the agenda. That theme, the Iranian nuclear theme, is still on the tabloids and recently there was a panicky articles that uh, I think today or yesterday it was in the media somewhere that uh, Iran is one or two steps away from actually having the nuke and Iran recently tested a ballistic missile which is uh, has higher uh, capability than the one initially announced and uh, I think it's uh, 2,000 mile kilometers that they said the reach of 2,000 kilometers for that missile is also a diminished number in reality it might be flying further so it is a pretty strong regional superpower even being for uh, under sanctions for about 40 years um, so they do have that they do have their nuclear program and they are testing missiles and this is a serious problem for the whole world for Israel and for the United States and of course for us it is uh, an issue because these attacks like the last one with 54 Shahids attacking Kiev that's uh, quite a story now some anonymous telegram channels are saying that there are nine bombers in air and there likely will be an attack tonight so I recommend all Ukrainians in Kiev and Dnepr that continue to be on the target list they very likely will attack these cities again so if you hear the aerial raid sirens do not uh, shrug it off go to the shelter and try to stay safe also it's the day of Kiev today uh, it's celebrating over 1500 uh, years that's a note from privateer station and it is a big holiday here but yeah please dis do not disregard the sounds of sirens and Iran becomes rather problematic and that's why another reason why Ukraine will not be allowed to lose and to follow some peace treaties suggested by Moscow with an opportunity to leave some of the occupied territories for Russia because you cannot give an example that leads to any positive result for the aggressor to Iran or to China. They need to be shown that all these attempts will end 
very badly for the aggressor. Because if these, uh, if the current war in Ukraine um, ends in any benefit to Russia, then it only will strengthen these countries, uh, China and Iran. All right. So we have 160,000 watching us and we've been live for about 15 minutes. Let's take a look at the map. What happened there in the last few days? You haven't visited us uh, for a few, so maybe something changed. You know what's interesting? After that fake fell apart about Zaluzhny, that he was he underwent a brain surgery and all. Oh yeah, that's funny. I actually talked to him. So what did he say? Oh, he was laughing. He yeah, he can laugh. Um, he's got a very good cheer in his laughter. Did he comment on why did they think of such a calamity? Well, I think it's obvious why. Because the goal of our opponent, of our foe, is to add more confusion. It's, you know, why they're shooting missiles and shaheds at us. No, I don't think it's the same, Alexei. Um, I think, in essence, he was on the front line for the last three weeks. So he was uh, touring and reviewing the dispositions. So many people were thinking that uh, they're working on preparations for counteroffensive. Well, yeah, that's scary word, counteroffensive. And yeah, he's working on that. He's working with the front line. He's working with our detachments. And that's pretty obvious. What's curious is why they're inventing these accusations and these uh, fake stories. I think it's important for them to just continue, continue bringing the confusion. But that's a fake confusion. It falls apart soon. Right, but it still existed for a couple of weeks at least. Some people were starting to worry. Some people now thinking that, oh, what happens if Zaluzhny dies, if anything happens to him now? So, you know, it's a drip, drip, drip effect of a PSYOP. And it's cumulative. And you just don't know when the next uh, psychological, so to speak, camelback breaks under the next row. Because when uh, pretty sacred targets are being attacked over and over again, and I would say that Valery Zaluzhny is one of these targets, uh, one of these persons uh, on which a lot of uh, Ukrainians peg a ton of their hopes, uh, that causes certain panic or certain concern. Now that we do not see any advantages in these attacks, especially Valery himself, he's laughing and shrugging it off, but uh, the main task of any PSYOP is to break the trust towards leadership. And Russians have been doing that. Putin's regime has been targeting relations between military and politics. And their target is to really break that link eventually. So they one of these questions is all right so if he's alive why he's not on the cameras because we are worrying we are concerned about his health and he is hiding he's not really going in front of the cameras and dispelling that so that's another element and the other part is that our strength against russian psyops is pretty high though we can tolerate a lot of that abuse and don't care much but still you know little things they do still matter you know, in my opinion, Alexei, the instead of the only thing that's worse than PSYOP never launched is the PSYOP that was dispelled.
No, Mark, it doesn't quite work like that. It is a psychological effect. If it, is, it is not a direct uh, logical thing. Psyche with people is not logical. It works through symbols and emotions. Do you know a formula of a sap? Uh, share. Please share. All right, so here is, for example, a pain point. Actual, permanent. When uh, one is selecting for the officer of SIOPS, one of the questions is, uh, can you, do you know the pain points of the society? Uh, so there is pain, then you attach an event to that pain point, and then you attach a figure and attach some narrative to that. So, for example, the pain, a fear to spill too much blood or lose the war or semi-successful counteroffensive, right? The event, disappearance of Zaluzhny, he is a very symbolic figure of big magnitude. And then they add the narrative to that Zaluzhny is wounded, and if he is not wounded, why is he not showing on cameras? Or why they are deceiving us? Is it difficult to acknowledge that he indeed was wounded? If, if we see him in a t-shirt with long sleeves, that maybe he is hiding a wound. And the subscript there, you don't even need to specifically outline that if you're smart, but basically the subscript would say that do not trust Zaluzhny, he is not supportive of y'all, and uh, that is what they're hitting at. But the gap was pretty short, and there is some resistance, Alexei, so that is being brewed as the result of that. So when PSYOP gets dispelled, People uh, stop listening to any of these possible rumors in the future. Right. With more educated, with more experienced people, it definitely works like that too. But there are also wider uh, swaths of population who are less prepared to weather these uh, events like this, uh, the PSYOPs that are being launched at us, uh, and the result there may be a little different. And they keep working against us, right? So, for example, they brought Fagin on Yugoslav war, or they bring Aristovich who promised to go on the armored personnel carrier and he's not and he's sitting in front of the mic, or yeah, friends posting pictures from the beach when uh, we are in the trenches, right? So these operations continue, and people who jumped to the commentary in the commentary of Israelites uh, when I was visiting there who posted some pictures with me, and one of them was on the beach. Uh, the number of those people who came screaming is beyond any reasonable number. So, some element of these PSYOPs, they, they do work. Besides, the bots don't. And, you know, I'm just trying to remember that, yeah, all the PSYOPs we had at first, I think they painted you in white socks and said that you're gay. Then they said that you're actually pro-Putin in some of your actions, and eventually all these get peeled off. But I think you're currently getting covered in some sort of a Teflon, right? That it's much less uh, effective. You understand that their narrative is dropping from initial message that he is gay or non-standard to, oh look, he is uh, on the beach. So the effort is actually diminishing and they understand that eventually maybe it doesn't really matter uh, what they invent, people will just shrug it off after all these numerous attacks. Well, Mark, you know, I frankly don't give a flying F about all that these attacks. 
what I wanted to say is that there is a, some obscure effect of these operations, and they would, will continue doing it as long as they can. Um, as we talk about the map, um, there is no major change. Why? Because the Russian side has already exhausted their ability to advance, and we are doing it uh, in a very prepared and a very thought, thoughtful approach. So we're not going to waste anything too haphazardly. What about flanks near Bakhmut? Uh, the fights are continuing, and our troops uh, are weathering some of the counterattacks from the Russian side, but also continuing their push. And despite the dozens and hundreds of UAVs coming above and a ton of artillery working on the Russian side, from the Russian side, they're still continuing this work and they're pushing the flanks apart. Of course, we understand that Avdiivka and Vugledar are also hotspots. You can see them in the south. Vugledar is at 6 o'clock. Avdiivka is now at... Uh, Oops, uh, it was there at the bottom towards 4 or 5 o'clock. And then there is also Liman up uh, in the north where there is some activity, but no major changes on the front. So when there are no changes on the front, that usually is a good sign of something very big being prepared. Well, Mark, there are no big changes since uh, November, right? So eventually, I think, right, some horrible events will start unfolding horrible for our enemies. And that's when the map will be taking most of our stream. When we'll be talking about who's running where and taking what. Um, okay, we still have topics for today. Let's let's address that. One fellow, Galuzin or whoever, posted uh, that you commented in your stream uh, in your own uh, post that you left off. But we'll talk about that. That's the next topic. Hang on. Let's grow to that crescendo, um, to that culmination point. So there was uh, another news. Lindsey Graham visited, United, uh, visited from the United States, a well-known senator. Um, pretty uh, tough guy. And With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I watched your statement several times. Actually, we had to rewatch it because some propagandists played it as killing Russians. Um, is good. He made a statement that, frankly, I, I re-watched it several times and I didn't say anything criminal because uh, Russian side played his statement as the best investment is in killing Russians. And they changed uh, places of uh, some words in his statement because it was stated that, uh, he did say that Russians are dying on this front and he did say that the best investment uh, is support uh, to Ukraine. And we understand that the context was that context was that investment in Afghanistan was not so successful, but um, investment in Ukraine is paying off. And now they have that Matt Medvedev coming out and saying that, well, you know, Lindsay, there are senators in America who can die from time to time too. That may be another good investment. 
So, and propagandists on the Russian side also jumped on this and said that Lindsey Graham thinks that the best uh, investment is uh, murdering Russians. They are somehow painfully reacting. They're seeing Russian phobia everywhere. And they keep uh, switching words in order to achieve these uh, statements. So they don't care about the actual, what was said. And they also neglecting the fact that they're the ones who are attacking. They're the ones who are the aggressor in this war, that everything happening is because they attacked. How do you see that? Oh, that's exactly how I see that. I do not think that Lindsey Graham cares about the criminal prosecutions they started against him in Russia. And the uh, goal of his trip is to continue to ensure that uh, Ukraine keeps getting more weapons that it are used to defend the country. And as a result, of course, more uh, Russian invaders are going to die. I remember, I actually think I visited the United States and I actually met with him. Uh, no, not with him, with McCain a couple of times, but I didn't meet with him in person. Heard a lot of good things about him. And I think he was one of the initiators of the resolutions that uh, was, I think it was his initiative to uh, add Russia to the terrorist the list of terrorist states. I, I met with Vicar, but I think he was one of those two who uh, started, who sponsored that bill. But regardless, um, do you think, since there are conversations about Mark Milley, who will be replaced by General Brown from Air Force? Uh, Russian Minister of Foreign Affairs, Lavrov, also known as a Horse, has been uh, peddling one of the statements by Mark Milley that uh, Ukraine perhaps will not be able to return its borders to the state of 1991. Oh, yeah, he said uh, there was another part of that phrase, in this year. Yeah, but in Russia they find it handy to drop that part of a phrase, right? Because it doesn't play to their tune. And, you know, Mark, one can play as a royal figure or as a low-level card or, a, I don't know, kitchen maid. Um, the Russian politicians keep not noticing that they're playing the lower roles, that when choosing how to play that, they're always choosing the lowest one. Between that there is a dissonance, discord between how they see situation and how they behave. And that's a sign of weakness, right? It's psychological issue, inadequacy. Because um, they consider themselves to be a great country, a separate civilization that has a ton to offer to the world, who have their own view on different things, who are mighty, strong and independent, who can take the shoe off and knock on the tribune uh, in the United Nations. But the way they behave, they grab at words, they grasp at what you said, what I said, what senators said, and then they turn it around and try to use it to their advantage. Who does it? Also, a five-year-old, a five-year-old, right, who grabs the word, and that's exactly what Putin recently was saying, yeah, who calls us something is that themselves. At eight years old, that argument probably was already not useful. 
At five years, that's somewhat a strategy, but at eight, it's already obsolete. And who is saying that? Who is using it? An ex-president, uh, second in command on the Security Council, a spokesperson for President Biskov, and the others. So they are very drastically incongruent to their own pretense of being in a leadership position. And that is a sign of psychological disturbance, I would say. Right? So we can write some medical recommendations to them. Well, yeah, they're they're not well. They're definitely not feeling well. Oh, I personally will treat Medvedev. I'll take a defibrillator to his uh, groin area. Um, our voting continues in the meantime. 48,300 viewers already voted. The question was, Erdogan's victory on the elections will help at Ukraine. 14% think it will. 22% think it won't. And 65% think it will not matter. All right, let's go. We have not... Uh, we, it was, I think... On Wednesday we did our last stream and we did not uh, have a chance to discuss the allocation of some nuclear weapons in Belarus. In between our streams there was at least one case when uh, Lukashenko was uh, suspected to be dead, but one of his opponents uh, came out yesterday and said now he's feeling fine. Um, so Valfovich he is the Secretary of Security Council in Belarus, Alexander Volfovich. He made a statement that presence of Russian tactical nukes in Belarus is directed at uh, holding the countries of the West and what's happening on the territories of the border states. First of all, Poland, where 4% of their GDP is being dedicated to military needs. And they're creating an offensive group of militaries and uh, so far and so long and the main idea is that they're placing these nukes as the holding tool for nato and they're pointing fingers at nato countries poland lithuania etc but they're not saying a word about ukraine i think somewhere subconsciously or uh, knowingly they're saying no we're not going to use that in ukraine so, Vladimir, please do not kill another uh, aide to Lukashenko. Okay, you know, I think illiteracy is the tune of all these statements, Mark. It's both in Russia and in Belarus. He's the Secretary of State, right? Or something like that. Well, what he's saying is that strategic, uh, tactical nukes are being used as a strategic weapon to prevent further escalation. Is anything bothering you in this statement? Well, tactical being used strategically? Right, because it can't. And, you know, the, the usual training for a psychologist or a intel officer, look for the absence of uh, usual things and presence of unusual things. In that statement, tactical nuke cannot be used as strategic weapon. And I'll open a secret, big secret here. Tactical nukes can never be a preventative tool. 
they do not solve anything in terms of strategy. They cannot even be used to hold anyone. So whenever they are making these statements and moving these weapons, they're lying. They're thinking that uh, probably everybody around them doesn't know the difference. We do know the difference. We actually would highlight that and say that this is a direct threat to NATO because tactical nukes are an aggressive weapon. It's the weapon of aggression. It's not a defense weapon. And the good sign, though, that they placed it further away from our borders. They placed it on the borders with NATO countries. So, you know, things may happen. Because they initially placed something uh, not too far. And, you know, things might happen if they were a little too closer to us. Recently, they, uh, when the diversion group entered the Russian uh, territory, when the Russian volunteers fighting for Ukraine entered uh, to fight uh, on their own territory in Russia, they had to drop some of these special guards from special detachments to try to counter them. So things are pretty dire there. They know that uh, they don't have enough resources to guard all these nukes and all. So it's, it's an interesting precedent that might need uh, to be looked on the NATO level to see uh, perhaps it can be exploited. All right. So another thing, remember the flag. We talked about the Kalinovsky detachment, Belarus, Belarus uh, detachment on the Ukrainian side, that this will go to the person who donates most, and Alexander Trasevich donated 7,000 to that detachment. Uh, we trace him to the United States, so the flag goes to the United States, and I think that, yeah, it took us about a week to figure out who is the leader of all the donation sources, uh, resources we received, and uh, that detachment is going to be super thankful for all the support that they can uh, satisfy a ton of their technical needs with the monies. And uh, we hope that this flag will get to the United States and maybe we'll end up in the museum at one day. And uh, please continue supporting the fighters on the front so that uh, they can take care of all these uh, nu nuclear warmongers on the Belarus side as well. Now, let's go to the next topic. Um, I'm not talking about discussion that if uh, Legion of Russia and Russian voluntary corps, if they exist or not, because there are some rumors that these are Ukrainian military just dressed as these two. We're not even going to discuss that because I personally was in Kiev, I saw their trainees, I saw their legion, I saw these people. There are no Ukrainians among them. I can hear the speech, I could understand and I did talk to them where they're from. They're definitely, these are not Ukrainian citizens, they're citizens from different parts of Russia. I'm not going to clarify to conceal their identities, but the governor of Belgorod region, Gladkov, Gladko. he visited some hospitals today, reportedly, and he made a statement that among the attackers, they were Polish and United States citizens. 
So in his statement, he's saying that the diversion group was uh, destroyed and it had foreign citizens in its midst, including Poles and Americans, according to the governor. And he's uh, making these statements. What I'm thinking is, I had representatives, I had Kapustin, White Rex, call sign from Russian Volunteer Corps on my channel, and Caesar had visited our channel several times and he made a statement after this. Uh, Legion made a statement that they suffered almost no losses, they only had two people killed as uh, during who died during the artillery shelling when uh, Russian side started just blanketly carpeting them with artillery. But in general, they did cross the border, they did achieve the tasks they wanted to. And I had White Rex in one of the streams who also confirmed that and said that they crossed the border easily. And today morning he gave a longer commentary saying that there was nobody at the border. It was just rusted barbed wire and fallen trees over it. So what's your opinion? Why the borders alongside with the country that they're fighting with are empty? Did they also remove all the border guards? Did they also waste them here in the front? Because it seems like they're not really guarding their own borders. Mark, one of the basic Kremlin illusions is why would they attack us? And nobody would because we are a scary nuclear power, right? And nobody will attack us, for sure. So we can take and pocket those 10 billion rubles dedicated for defense of Belgrade region, but nobody's going to reinforce the border. By the way, they had a bodyguard day today. Uh, oh, they'll just get drunk. Right, and we might find a way to congratulate them on that. Um, right, and that's their opinion. Nobody, nobody would invade us. We can fly, bomb, rape, kill and pillage, and nobody will invade Russia. But here's what's being discovered, right? The border is empty. And as for the Poles and the United States citizens, well, show some. Right? If you destroyed, if you killed some of those, um, show us the bodies. Uh, those people, what, they were talking uh, Polish and American, or they had passports with them. Yeah, they took uh, vehicle insurance, the medical insurance with them, and recorded something. Uh, I, so-and-so, citizen of Poland or citizen of the United States, going into Russian territory. Right? That's all rumors. That's all fakery, Mark. All right. Uh, good. Uh, we are at... 40 minutes, 14% think that uh, Erdogan's victory will help Ukraine, 21% think it will not, and 66% think it will not change anything. About 50,000 people voted already. Thank you. So another last news for today, Kashunas, the, he is uh, one of the congressmen in Lithuanian Sejm. He initiated a story with uh, June 1st. June 1st is the International Day of Protection of Kids. And I want to tell our viewers that according to official data, just official data, that 15,000 Ukrainian kids were extradited to the territory of Russia, and not only from the orphanages, but also from families and cities where they were dead and uh, wounded, kids who lost their parents. Um, these are not, these are just official numbers. In reality, they're likely much higher. 
a lot of them are undergoing psychological abuse and some of them are even going uh, physical abuse. Um, these uh, orphanages are pretty horrible in Russia. There's nothing, it's not a good story. And there'll be uh, some protests near embassies uh, based on the initiative of uh, Lorinas Kashunas. There'll be statements uh, made and uh, protests organized near Russian embassies throughout the world. So please partake. As far as I know, Putin is really concerned with the fact that he is uh, a fugitive from international law on the eighth article about the deportation of children from the occupied territories. So kidnapping in the industrial scale. And he's very, according to what I know, he's being very reflective. He's very concerned about that. So we, of course, support Kashunas's uh, initiative. And those who can come out and protest, please come out to Russian embassies everywhere in the world. This is the form of pressure. And we'll be talking about that in the next couple of streams before uh, the first. I think there'll be a lot of actions. And oh, by the way, you can, uh, if you're coming with uh, placards, uh, put the picture of Putin kissing a belly button of one of the boys, a famous uh, scandalous picture, right? Yeah, you can put that up. Make it painful for him. Make it very uncomfortable for him. What do you think, Alexei? I think this is going to be a good initiative. I want to thank Kashunas for that initiative. And all those people listening to us, I sincerely call upon you to come to Russian embassies in different countries of the world and make a global protest action against the destiny of Ukrainian kids, unofficial number of which is uh, has reached about 150,000. And uh, one of them was that girl, Julia, who was brought to concert in Luzhnika um, in one of the pro-Putin's rallies when she was propped up to say thank you uh, for liberating while her parents were actually murdered in Ukraine before she was taken to Russia. So they're, they're just horrible. And a lot of things they do is beyond the proper human imagination. So if Putin is to stay in history, we want him to stay in history with that brand, the kidnapper. So it burns through his skin and uh, gets imprinted all the way deep to his rotten liver. And I want to confirm once again that in Kremlin they are very concerned about kidnapping. That means that that's the weak point. We should be doing it. All right. So we've been live for about 45 minutes almost. Let's conclude our poll. Erdogan's victory in Turkey, 57,000 voted, will help Ukraine 14%, will not help Ukraine 21%, will have no influence uh, over 60%. 206,000 were watching us. Sorry, we were late. And I also have another 50 on my stream, Mark. Okay, so about 80,000 clicked the like button. Please continue sharing, clicking the like button, subscribing to Fagin Live, to Alexei Rostovich, and to the Privateer Station if you are watching or listening to that in English. No changes. Tomorrow we're doing another stream, right? Right. All right. So everything that we didn't will continue tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. See you.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.